Oh, the goodness of God. He is so, so good and so, so faithful. Well, let's get two things out of the way. We will not be out of here on the hour. Uh, But we will not go 45 or 35 or even 25 minutes today. I knew we had some sharing, so planned, uh, planned this time with some flexibility. But really, the theme, it, it just fits right in. Uh, those of you who went to Convo last week when you weren't here, we began uh, in 1 Corinthians and looking about spiritual gifts and looking about how God distributes them and how he puts us all together. And uh, so this week we're looking at the next passage in, um, down in verse 12, and we're going to read from there down to verse 26, and uh, then we'll be briefly thinking about how these things apply to our lives. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given of the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, start, stop becoming part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, I'm not an eye. I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your design and your plan in putting together the body of Christ and making us members of it. Father, we just pray that you take your word and use it to grow us in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you'd make us more like him. We ask this in his precious and holy name. Amen. As far as we know, the phrase body positive originated in 2006. And when, we, um, when that phrase got out there, it, it got some traction pretty quickly. And so over the last especially five or ten years, everywhere you go, you see stuff about body positivity. You know, we need to be positive about our bodies. 
I read, I looked up some different things about it on the internet. One, um, one definition is this, body positivity is unlearning the idea that only certain bodies are worth acceptance and praise, and instead recognizing that all bodies are equally valuable. Well, the body positivity movement has, uh, it, it's got its, uh, its proponents and it's got its naysayers. And some folks love body positivity because they say, hey, everybody ought to be able to be proud of their own body, to be comfortable in their own skin. They should be able to not have to worry about being judged and all this and that. And, and you know, you, you see that side of it. On the other side of it, there's some folks that say, hey, body positivity uh, cannot overcome reality. You know, and so if, if you are 500 pounds, no matter how positive you are about your body, you're probably not in great shape. You're probably not in the best health. And so, well, I won't go into the, all the arguments, pro and con, but as I was reading the passage this week, I began to see that Paul was calling for us to have a church body positivity, for us to look at the body of Christ, the church, in a positive way, in the right way. And so what I thought about is, as I looked and searched here are some of these principles and tenets that uh, the body positivity movement puts out there. Some of them are junk, some of them are trash, but some of them have got some truth to them, especially if you apply them to what Paul has said here in this passage. And so I want us to think about these things very quickly. Number one, the, um, the body positivity movement says, look at yourself as a whole person. In other words... Uh, you should not judge yourself just by one part. You know, I've known people who are just absolutely gorgeous and you tell them that and they're like, but my nose, I just, I hate my nose, you know, or, or they've got something about them. Well, uh, my toes, they're just like mama's toes and I don't like those toes or, or whatever it is. And, and instead of looking them at themselves as a whole and what God's created and how he's using them, uh, they fixate on one part that they're not really happy with. So as a church, um, we should look at ourselves as a whole body. That is, when you are going about your day, when you are making your life's decisions, when you are praying, when you are living, you should always be reminded, hey, I'm one part of the whole. I'm a part yeah, and that part is important, but I'm part of a whole. That is, there is a connection for us. You know, I, I would love to, to catch up on all the things the kids heard at Convo because the shirt saying one heart, I imagine they talked a lot about unity and community and how God puts us together in the body to encourage one another, how he, he did not design us to be Lone Rangers. And by the way, even Lone Ranger had Tonto, okay? So we're not supposed to be alone. We are designed to be part of a group. So we're, as a Christian, you're never alone because God is with you, but you're also never alone because you are part of the body. Uh, just like any part that is separated from the body, it, it's, it's not useful. We were, need to remember we're part of a body. That means we're connected to the body of Christ. So the first thing of, about this church body positivity is look at ourselves as part of the whole, as a whole church. Second, don't compare yourself to others. 
This is a big thing for the body positivity. Say they, they say, hey, you know, don't live your life comparing yourself because if you look and, and you know what they'll tell you, like uh, even Christy Brinkley or even whoever, they're not who they really are. You know, there's, we're flooded with images in this world of what you're supposed to be like. Unfortunately, this especially applies to women in our society. You know, and, and the interesting thing, I, I just saw a thing in the news the other day, and it talked about even Victoria's Secret models, you know, the ones that have starved themselves and whatever, guess what? Even they get airbrushed. Even the, those pictures get photoshopped, so they're already unrealistic for a normal person. image is actually even more unrealistic when they go back and they airbrush and they photoshop and they do all this stuff. And, and, and we need to learn that we don't gain our satisfaction, our confidence in who we are by looking at others when it, in the physical realm. Well, the same thing is true spiritually. Paul talked about, you know, the, the foot saying, oh, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of a body. Now, how silly would that be if, if they said that, by the way, I just got to brag on our secretary, Judy, just for a second here. If you look, she found this graphic that says body, and it's got the foot, the eye, the, the ear, and the hand, and those are all the parts that Paul talks about. But that'd be dumb if the hand said, well, I'm not a foot, so I'm not part of the body. Really dumb. And yet the Apostle Paul knows that there are Christians out there who say, well, I'm not a member of the choir, so I don't really matter. I'm not on the board, so I don't really matter. I'm not on this committee, so I don't really matter. I don't have this spiritual gift, so I don't really matter. Paul knows that there are people who feel useless, they feel worthless, they feel some lack of unity and function and worth in the body of Christ because they've set up, they've looked at one other person or a group of other people and they say that's what it's like to really be important as a believer. And Paul said, no, you don't compare yourselves to others. You don't say, well, I'm not that, so I'm not important. I can't sing solos. Maybe I can't give thousands of dollars to the campaign. Whatever. We don't need to look at, compare ourselves to others in the body of Christ. Compare, the comparison game is always uh, damaging because it either leads to putting yourself down or it leads to pride. And that's the next point, and that is, Accept the fact that body shaming is never acceptable. Now, that's a, that's a good thing. I, I don't think we need to shame people in, in public. God created us in a lot of different shapes and sizes, and, and we may have had some added effect onto those shapes and sizes, but I, I think it's good to, to not shame other people. Uh, sometimes I do think people, especially at the beach, maybe should dress a little bit differently. But, you know, I still don't want to go out of my way to shame anybody. Well, certainly we don't need to do that in the church. But I told you last week, these folks at Corinth, they had a messed up idea about spiritual gifts. They were into them, but they were kind of too into them in the sense of instead of realizing that they were for the common good, and remember we focused on that phrase last week, that they're for the common good, that they're for the good of the whole, they were thinking about how they should uh, pump themselves up and how their gift was more important. And he says this, verse 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Because, see, I need this hand 
to rub my eye. And I need that foot to get this beautiful brain all everywhere it goes, right? Okay, we need all of the parts of the body are important. So we need to look at ourselves as a whole. Not compare ourselves and put ourselves down, but also not body shame. And so Paul is saying here, everybody is important. And he, and he goes into this interesting, it's, it's really funny to me what he talks about in the body. He said, there's, there's these uh, unpresentable parts, unmentionable parts. He says, and so we may think, well, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not as worthy as other parts. But he said, you know, in fact, these parts, we put extra special care and we cover them up and we treat them especially. And he said, look, there are people who maybe what they do in the body of Christ doesn't get seen. But he said God actually designed it in a way that those people whose work is secret, that is not seen by man, that they're actually, in his time, in his way, it's going to bring more glory, more honor, more reward. And I'll take, I, I'll take that to mean this. There's probably folks like uh, us who are, who are, as someone said, professional Christians, you know, that, that, we're, we're, uh, that we are paid ministerial staff, folks like us, you know, God probably says, hey, you, you got a lot of your attention. People see and they appreciate and whatever. But the folks who are working in the, out of the limelight, in the background, in the shadows, the things that are doing, people are doing things nobody knows about. When the, when the last day comes, when the time comes that our lives are evaluated, God's going to give glory and honor and special attention to those who may have missed out on the accolades of man in this time. So if you're just saying, man, nobody even knows what I do, that's all right, God knows. And God's going to take care of it. And so all of us need to learn to say, hey, every part is valuable. It doesn't matter what pew you sit in. You know, I know some of you over here are thinking, all the good people sit on this side, right? And some of you over here, you know, like, like it'd be a major thing if you sat on the other side because you've been sitting in that side for so long. But, but we've got to get to this place where we say, you know what? Whether someone has the same gifts or not, whether I know what, everything they can do or how they minister, it doesn't matter. There is value and worth in every part and every member of the body. How do we place value on a member of the body. I had a friend of mine about 20 years ago uh, worked for a gas company, and uh, there was a faulty part, and an explosion took place. Lost his arm up to about right here. Now, the court apparently said that uh, that body part was worth about $3 million. But I'm going to tell you, if you had talked to Bubba, he'd have gladly taken that arm back and said goodbye to that $3 million. Because for the rest of his life, he had to readapt and relearn and figure out how to do life without this vital hand and arm and all the things. You see, he realized... <laughs> I'm sure he valued his health like most of us do, but to a whole nother level, like we say, you don't miss something till it's gone. He realized, man, 
I'm grateful that they're taking care of me now because I can't work. But I sure wish I had that arm back. I, w- I wish. Every member of the body is so invaluable. And we have to get into our heads and understand that all of us have been created and gifted, especially by God. And that it's so important that we do that. That we look at people without judgment and we realize they're a valuable part. Finally, be grateful for the functions a body can perform. Be grateful for the functions a body can perform. Instead of looking at people and seeing their flash and seeing the image they project, the facade they put up, instead of looking people only skin deep and beauty and handsomeness and, and strength and all these things, says we should start looking at our bodies and look a little less at wrinkles and a little more at the wonder of how we were created. David talks about the handiwork of God and how he is overwhelmed as he thinks about how we were intricately formed in the womb. So it's not so much whether I've got freckles or age spots. It's not so much if there's skin tight or sagging. It's about, God, you've done this wonderful thing where I can go through life and I can work and I can love on my family, and I can make a living, and I can, I can rest, and I can eat, and I can relax, and, and do all these things. And we don't think about how good it is until something comes up. Man, my foot started hurting a few weeks ago. I have no idea. I'm at that age, by the way. You know, it used to be, your foot's hurting. Oh, what'd you do? And I could tell you. No, there's no tell. I just, foot just started hurting. And, and you know, I really did not appreciate my foot very much until it started hurting like that. We just forget how amazing God has worked and created us as individuals, but we forget that in the body of Christ. God is working. He designed us to be together, to be for one another, to all work together. As believers... We can choose to look at the things that our church has or doesn't have. We can, we can look at, we can compare ourselves to another congregation. We can compare ourselves to the things, hey, this is what the way things once were or whatever. But God has said, be grateful. I have uniquely created a wonderful community and family of faith for you to be a part of. And I believe he wants us to be positive about that family of faith. It doesn't mean that we forget places where we have shortcomings. We all need to work on those. We all have those. But we do need to forget the voices of shame in this world and some of the negativity that comes in and just say, God, thank you for what you've done in my life and in the body of Christ that you've put around me. Let's pray this morning. God, I want to thank you um, for your goodness. It does run after us. It does follow us. It does surround us. You've been so good and so kind, Lord. Thank you for what you've done 
in the lives of our um, youth and chaperones on this trip they were able to be a part of. I pray that we would just continue to see the outpouring of that. Lord, that that, that would not be a, a one-time event, but that would be a starting point. God, that it would be a, a place that they can look back and, and mark and see where you have begun to work in their lives in an even greater way. Father, we pray you'd be with us now as we sing our song of decision. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.